Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. The first degree. First degree. First degree. First degree. First degree. First degree. The first degree. These things are supposed to happen in movies, not in real life. Investigative work is, for lack of a better way, it's a crazy way to make a living. You really got to think outside the box. You really do. I mean, these, you know, from the beginning of time, since the beginning of police arresting criminals, you know, there's been brilliant policemen and, and investigators, and there've been some brilliant criminals. I mean, this is something that's been going on for a while, and it continues to this day. So, you know, my main thing would be, I don't want to see anybody else, you know, fall victim to this. Hey guys, welcome to the First Degree, the true crime podcast that you might end up on. My name is Jack Vanek. I'm sitting across from Alexis Linkletter, next Billy Jensen. We are drinking Aperol spritzes. We're ready to go. We are. Are you ready to go, Billy? I'm ready to go. And I You would look just, good with a spritz, Billy. I would just like to tell everybody... That it's Happy International Day of Happiness. Oh. That's the one you chose out of all these. Not yes. Alien Abduction Day. There is Alien Abduction Day. There is Biblio Bibliomania Day. There is uh, National Bach Beer Day. There's the Great American really... Meat Out Day. There's National Kiss Your Fiance Day. Don't have one of those. Don't have one of those either. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so um, yes, that is the day that I chose. And you know what? I'm not even going to pick a crime for that because we're all about happiness today. There's lots of people who murder their fiancés. There are. And you Which always are. check the you husband guys, or the fiancé. No, just be on the lookout for domestic violence. There are red flags. Yes. There's yeah. a takeaway from that. There's it's a serious problem. There's a takeaway. It's also the first day of spring, you guys. It and is. it's the day before Jared's birthday. <gasps> happy birthday, Jared. Almost, happy almost birthday, Jared. <laughs> Jared's here. He says thanks. Yes. So thanks. Um, okay, I have my true crime question. Which is what? Okay. Wait, I have to look it up really quick. It is. <clears throat> I took it from a meme, as I take most things from. It says, you're being murdered. You look at the killer in the eyes, and your last words are the last text you sent. What are they? Hmm. Mine you- is, and it was to you guys, it said, should we go to the liquor store? <laughs> <laughs> See, that rocks. <laughs> And we you know what's funny store. is that my answer to that is my last, which is yes. <laughs> Mine is he's insane. Oh, nice. We won't. You know who we were yeah, talking we know, about. Yeah, we, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 We're, we're talking, talking about, about a, uh, about a fellow podcaster. A fellow podcaster. podcaster. Yes. Who uh, you could probably guess. Yes. So, and, and I just realized it. So, I want to give a shout out because a listener for the first time in my entire life oh, sent me go. something for free and Are you wearing them? I'm wearing them and they actually match our um, blanket blanket because they're purple and the, the company's name it's a new sock company called Viger V-Y-G-I-R and you are giving they're, a free they're ad athlet, right now. athletic dress socks and they're super comfortable listen are it's a company that like is a, are kickback absolutely from not, this? well I got free socks oh my god and you know what you know what Jack we Here, here's the pu- thing we don't even give ads for our own projects Here, here <laughs> here's, 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 a, here's the thing Jack you know what you have what is it 300,000? Yeah. 300,000 followers. You get you th- okay, you get a ton of free stuff all the time. Yeah. This is my first free thing at 85 <laughs> uh, you, you know um was it 8500 followers. I'm throwing down the gauntlet. I'm going to start getting more free stuff than you. <laughs> 
Here we go. Give me your face creams. Everybody, give me your face creams. <laughs> Not if this editor of the podcast has anything to do oh, with it. It's gonna be so good when this is cut out. <laughs> well, listen. No, we'll give nice you this. Are. We'll give you this one. Yeah, Look yeah. Vigor, Vigor, Viger, you are a lucky company. Free yeah. ad. This, no, yeah, the, this is a free shout out. This is a free they, shout out. You know what? You listen, know what? It's my hey, first one ever. Hey, sock company. If you hear this and you sell some socks, then come on and get a paid ad yeah. after this. That's exactly right. But I am. I am. I am wearing them right now, and I'm loving them. All right, it's on. Okay. All right, I'm going to be a 300,000 no time. And you know what? No, start, not. start. Get, <laughs> no, because all you do is post. Start following. All you do is post pictures of you with cereal boxes, like a psychopath. Maybe he can get right, sponsored right. by cereal, uh, puffy puffs. What are cream they puffs? Cream puff? Really? Have you guys ever even eaten cereal <laughs> I know. before? Cereal person. All right, everybody follow Jared too. Is it Jared? Is it Jared He's got Main? plenty of yeah. followers. It's Jared Main, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So Jared Main, you, you need more followers than Jack. You're writing songs. He will you're, literally you know, never get more followers than me. You know, it's going to happen. We're making it happen. The only reason why he's getting any new followers is because of me. Oh. <laughs> and, Zing. And by the way, follow Alexis, too, because Alexis has a certain aesthetic that I believe that companies would want to be a part of. What is Start this? sending her stuff. The crime aesthetic? Crime. No, the black and white thing that you got going on. Yeah, okay. I see that. Mm-hmm. Only, you know. I think this whole thing is a ploy for Billy to get more followers. No, I don't want more followers. Yeah, okay. No more free shout outs. So, no more free shout outs. Yes, buy, everyone buy an ad. So, uh, this is part two of the Smiley Face Killers theory series that we are doing. Alexis is going to give you a little bit of a summary. You have to listen to the first episode or this is not going to make any sense, but we'll summarize it for you because it's probably been a week since you've heard. Right. And it it will make sense, but it's more just that we went point by point and covered a lot of the evidence that our four detectives, well, three detectives slash Doc Gilbertson, who is kind of the data expert, who is a university professor. We kind of laid out their evidence point by point, the most important evidence. And we were in the midst of that when we ran out of time last time. So we're going to finish that up and kind of pull all of that together. And then we are going to also go over the other side, the people who dispute the theory and um, what they say in the face of this evidence that the smiley face theory investigators say they have. Right. So where we left off, we talked about how Dr. Cyril Recht basically kind of went over some of these characteristics in the Booth case. And he kind of urged the the police in that case to re-examine that evidence because he's like, really, really, there is something going on here. There's something amiss. And he's, as a reminder, one of the most famous forensic pathologists there ever has been. So what we're going to do is hear from Kevin Gannon right now about kind of the victimology and just the overall glaring nature of this evidence that's just makes it seem like something is really going on here. Figured there's, there's too many young men that have gone missing under the same circumstances that fit such a specific profile of young men, college uh, students. They had heights from 3.75 and above most of them, and they were small star athletes, and they had a body uh, mass index that was pretty specific. It wasn't like there wasn't any. You know, really tall kids and skinny kids and fat kids, and they were all at that five nine, five ten to six feet, six feet one. Uh, you know, one hundred and seventy-five to you know two hundred pounds. And so there was no one hundred and forty-pound guys. There was no two hundred and forty-pound guys. They were all, you know, they were all in that small demographic, and we just figured, you know, that that, that was too specific. Their, their major would have been specific, like we, we they were targeting engineers. We had 35, 40 engineers. We had, you know, uh, doctors and, and the kids that were studying law and medicine, um, electrical, chemical, and biological engineers. Um, so all, all of that, you know, was, was even more specific. And we were saying that the, the possibility that only these kids would go out drinking and falling in bodies of water was just, was to me, an anomaly. So we've brought up Dr. Gilbertson a couple of times. And as far as his involvement in this case, he was working at the University of St. Cloud in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. And he basically had a graduate student program. And how he got involved in this was that a student at the college went missing. Mm 
And then he Googled to see what happened. Like, let's see what, what happened with the student. He went missing. He was kind of following it. And when he initially Googled to find out how many students were missing, he realized that there were many, many. Mm. And, you know, he had some graduate students who he was teaching, you know, criminology kind of data crunching too. And he assigned them the project. Like, why don't you take this information and gather all of the data about the characteristics of their missing person's case and see what you come up with. And, you know, he was crunching all that. He was being presented this information by these grad students and he started noticing a trend. And it was right around this time that he was approached by Kevin. And now we're going to hear from Doc, who's not a police officer, but a professor who teaches wannabe cops how to, how to, you know, look for consistencies in, in, um, Similarities. Similarities. Patterns. 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 I haven't had enough of this Aperol spritz and mm. a little uh, stiff right now. But yes. I like you haven't had enough of the Aperol spritz. I haven't spritz. had enough. That's, I'm telling you. <laughs> no, in baselines like, like in two ten, Aperol In 10 minutes, I'm going to be like, yeah, you'll see. Bada you'll... bing, bada boom, like on my shit <laughs> yeah. for sure. It's called alcoholism. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 100%. So we're going to hear from him now. Serial killers select their victims. But what made this so weird was we had, in some cases, individuals or two or three individuals who fit the profile be abducted on the same night. Of course, they would show up in the water on different days, but they were abducted on the same night. And, you know, we don't have transporters like they do on the Enterprise in Star Trek. So that's humanly impossible. Even if you had a Learjet, there's no way you could accomplish three or two abductions in one night. So that told me that this was a little bit bigger than just a simple uh, one person or, you know, two people out there abducting and killing people. They told me there's some sort of organized network involved here. So as we talked about the bodies of water where these men were found plays a large role in all of these theories. So they're often found miles away from where they disappeared. And they're often found in the opposite direction of the currents of water through rocky streams, etc. And when the bodies are found, there's not much damage to them. You know, if, you, if you're going through a rocky stream, you're thinking you're going to get bruises, you're going to get cuts, etc. Mm-hmm. Which means that they maybe they weren't going through these rapids um, or pummeled through these rivers and they were actually placed in a certain place, you know, five miles, you know, down the stream. Every summer, Kevin and I, he flies in here and we take off in my car and we go visit some of the older scenes and we go visit some of the newer ones. And repeatedly now, because when we look at the map, we don't look at it as where would the body float to. We look at it as where would I put the body in. And if the case is relatively new, we can literally, once we've selected that site, we go there, we walk through the woods or whatever. And when we come out of the bushes, there's the sheriff's tape for the body recovery site. And like what happened to us when we went cross country in 2007, we got to the fourth scene and I looked at Kevin and I said, here we are again. He goes, what do you mean? And so I laid it out for him, what I had been seeing. And he goes, yeah, you're right. And so as we're leaving town, the lieutenant in charge of the case who we missed at the police department when we stopped down there, he was out working another case. He calls us. We're talking to him. Kevin says, anything we should tell him. So I told him where to find the body in about two and a half, three weeks. And he did. That was 2007. No one has called me to this day to ask me how I knew where that body was going to be. You know, if it were TV, I'd be the prime suspect. Okay, so what do we think about what Doc just said? I hear what he's saying because there's so many bodies of water in America, which sounds simplistic, but there's when you talk about missing persons, there are so many missing persons in those bodies of water right now. Mm. I actually went out with um, uh, on the uh, Arkansas River with a team that has a boat, and then they have these sonars that actually look for 
fish, but they use them to look for cars and people. And they found, they found dozens and dozens of people at the bottom of these rivers and the bottoms of these lakes. And uh, they found people that had been missing since 1968. So did they pull all these people out? Yeah, yeah, sometimes they pull it out, but here's the thing. In what do Houston, you mean sometimes. No, 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 no. Sometimes it's true because in Houston, there's a, I believe it's 168 cars that are in the bayou in Houston that have not been pulled up. What? And I've actually asked and be like, can we pull them up? And they're like, no, we don't have the money for it. It's thirty thousand dollars. I've actually got a production a company car? to say, yeah, per no, car? no, 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 the whole thing. What? Thirty thousand dollars. Thirty thousand dollars to pull up all the cars? Yeah, and they're just like, no, you know, I what, feel there's like probably we nothing. could probably fundraise. Yeah, that. let's do that. <laughs> There's nothing, they're just like, oh, there's nothing in there. It's like, with 168 cars, there's going to be a crime in there, in one of them. Definitely there's, in a few trunks. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and you can't really see what's in any of the trunks. There's yeah. definitely evidence at the very there, there's least, There's something, if not because not bodies. everybody is is trying to get rid of their car for some sort of insurance payoff or something like that to throw them in there. The And then when you talk about these cars, like that one in 1968, I believe it was in Oklahoma, these three kids were going to a concert, they were driving in a Camaro, it's so dark in some of these Midwestern towns, especially back then. They make a wrong turn. They go into a lake. Nobody sees them again. The missing person posters are up for 30 years, but the car actually just went into the water. And this happens. And it's going to happen more and more, especially as we, you know, as we get more droughtish and, and like <laughs> there's less water out there. That's, what, that's what's happening is that these things are rising to the top. It's crazy. Right. Oh, it's so fascinating. Well... Since we're talking about water and how it plays into this entire theory, Doc shared kind of a personal story with me because we were talking about the victims and he said, you know, I almost drowned as a kid. And I, if the victims are, he was talking more about the moms and the families where if some of these people did drown and some are, victim, some are victims of foul play, mm-hmm. but he had some words of comfort. And this would be for any of the mothers of possible victims. I was pulled out of a swimming pool in third grade. It, it didn't hurt physically. I was, and I really wasn't scared. I just knew I needed to get to the surface. And that's all I remember. And it, it like I said, it didn't hurt. Uh, and I just drifted off. The next thing I remember, I was laying on my back and they're, you know, pressing on my chest and the water's coming out and that hurt getting the air back in the lungs, that kind of hurt. But even that wasn't too bad. Um, Obviously, I wasn't traumatized for life, not scarred for life. I did have dreams about that up until I was about 16. Some really bad nightmares about every couple of years. But um, the actual drowning itself did not hurt. So I hope they can at least take solace in that, that if their son was recovered from water, and if they did drown, it was not a traumatic, painful event like some of these nasty homicides we see on TV. So the biggest uh, kind of glaring thing that ties a lot of these cases together is the decomposition of the bodies. And if you guys remember from two weeks ago when we did Todd Geib's case, there was this experiment that they did where they threw pig carcasses in a similar body of water and we're watching how these carcasses were decomposing and it didn't match up at all to the amount of decomposition that they found his body in. So I think that, you know, people can think whatever they want, but this is a fact and the decomp is not equal to the amount of time that they were saying that a body was laying in the water for. Exactly. And it is the most, you can't dispute it. No, it's science, man. It's science. Billy. As far as the bodies, the, there's a lack of decomposition specifically on these individuals. If these young men were in the water for the period of time that they were missing, then believe me, we wouldn't be here right now. We're not that good of investigators. I'm not that good. Uh, if a body was missing for 70 days, the body would be completely decimated, even 30, 40 days. Uh, when we're looking at bodies that are missing for that extended period of time, 21 days or 14 days in some of the cases that we've shown, Tom, uh, Todd Guy was missing 21 days, uh, Tommy Booth was missing 14 days. He's in full rigor. 
Rigor is the stiffening of the muscles after death, which subsides within 24 hours. If the kid is in full rigor at the 24-hour mark and he's been missing for 14 days, the question is, where was he for the other 13 days? And that goes for Todd Guy with 21 days. He's got three days of decomposition, so where was he for the other 18 days? And it goes on and on. Brian Wellesley was missing for 70 days. He's got seven days of decomposition on his body. Where was he for 70 days? So, and, and Dakota James was missing for 40 days. Has about three, four days of decomposition. Where was he for the other 37 days? So, you know, these cases are red. Now should be a red flag to any investigator. But, you know, a lot of these investigators in small cities and also that they don't have the homicide experience of seeing the number of, you know, bodies that we've seen. So, you know, uh, they miss it. And the medical examiners, unfortunately, you know, I don't know how they're missing it, but, you know, they're just getting the information from police. Drunk kid fell in the water, body recovered, you know, case closed. Okay, so the drug component in these cases, some of the men were found with antidepressants, GHB. If you recall, uh, that was a case in, in Todd's death with the antidepressants. And in some of these cases, it's alleged that the men walked really great distances from where they were last seen, the bar, the party, wherever. But then in Todd's case, they said he had such a high quantity of drugs in his system that he wouldn't have been able to walk. He was just so screwed up that he wouldn't be able to walk. That's right. They... But the evidence we found with the, the drugs that are in the, uh, our victims, which is a date rape drug, GHB, usually found in women for sexual assault cases, not something that would be usually prevalent in young men drinking. Um, so this is like ecstasy as a mother drug. So we, what we know and what we know from individuals we spoke to who were potential victims and individuals, confidential informants that we have in and out of prison, they are being drugged, abducted, held for an extended period of time, then murdered on land and placed in bodies of water, which is consistent with what we said about the lack of decomposition. Okay, so one of the obvious questions here that I'm sure most people are wondering is what the what the motive could possibly be in mm-hmm. this situation. Because it's like, if it's, you know, Billy, you know about this. They're not sexually assaulted. No. So it's kind of like what and they're Why? not robbed. They're not robbed. Their organs aren't missing. It's not like some black market organ conspiracy. Uh, yeah, the motive is pretty elusive. Elusive for yeah, sure. Exactly. For any of the cases, and that that's that's the biggest problem. One of my biggest problems with this case, possibly the biggest problem with this case, because it's it's who benefit, who bono, who benefits. Well, and I guess there were a few cases where I forget which guy it was that was at a sports game before and he had been texting his girlfriend that he had been getting in like a little kerfuffle with another guy there. So, and he had been like, I'm going to kill this guy. So there are a couple of the cases where it's like, yeah, there might've been a fight or something before, Mm -hmm. but nothing more glaring than that. And that is like unreliable at best. No, because if these were women, you would have seen some sort of trauma. You know what I mean? If this was a serial killer. So what is the, if this was a serial killer, if we're to believe what these guys are saying, yeah. that there's 40 or 50 or 60, whatever they're saying, what are they getting out of it? Is it just killing, a, not even like hitting a person, but just drowning them? These guys are so messed up. I'm going to take them, put them someplace else and do whatever they want to them, but there's no evidence but of that. But they don't think and they're, they're drowned being drowned. Them. They yeah, because there's no because there's water, no, in the uh, water in the lungs. So they think they're being killed some other way, whether it be I don't know probably su- probably suffocation. Uh, yeah, asphyxiation, not necessarily uh, manual or or even ligature. No, but a couple had ligature marks. Yeah, a couple. Yeah. So you know, it's it's a very elusive subject, and like Billy said, to even when in prosecution, it's means, motive, and opportunity, and you can have a ton of evidence. Especially, you could have amazing circumstantial evidence, which they've used to convict many a people. If you don't have a motive, it's very flimsy. I have like a random question that's not directly related to that, but related to what we were just talking about. What forms of killing somebody do you not see like a physical, like you have a ligature mark or you have water in the lungs from like what, how could you kill somebody without any sort of like a physical Yeah, asphyxiation is the biggest one, like a a pillow over the... Asphyxiation though, even though you see petechiae in the eye, you see like these broken capillaries in your eyes. 
um, which I haven't heard anything about in this mm -hmm. case. Have yeah. you? No. So nope. that's the that's a big thing when you're choked, you get these burst blood vessels in your eye. Mm -hmm. and, um, and even not not necessarily choked when you just have when you can't breathe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And somebody's actually forcefully um, putting so a pill like a pillow. Does that uh, happen with that you when example. you're drowning too? Because you obviously can't breathe when you're drowning. I don't know. Well, the drowning would be the 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 water in the lungs would be the, yeah would be the key for interesting. I, yeah, I think drowning like drowning suffocation by drowning is different than suffocation by yeah. asphyxia. Yeah, because it's a different sort of straining that you have, and that's what causes the the capillaries in the eye to burst. Mm -hmm. It's very strange. But again, I'm not a doctor, but Drowning asphyxia is different than manual or any of that stuff, mm -hmm. right? Well, we think that the motive is hate. We believe these are hate crimes. But I think one of the uh, one of them would be status, because most of the kids that they're selecting are the best of the best. They've excelled in high school. They're on sports teams in college. They are very good scholastically. They're well liked by people. Um, they're really well liked in their communities. Those are the type of things that we're seeing. But as far as targeting people, you always target people that, you know, that are always living a lifestyle better than you or for whatever reason. If that makes any sense. It doesn't make any sense to me, but, you know, in the, in the criminal mind, it does. All right, so Doc brought up some very strange characteristics, including things turning up in areas that had been thoroughly searched. And when I say things, I mean evidence. Items belonging to victims being found in areas that have already been searched. It almost seems like you see it in other cases where it's like you're trying to thwart an investigation by moving pieces of evidence around. So we'll hear what he has to say about that. Other than the profile of the victims, the victimological profile, that's what everybody focuses on. And they look at the victims and, they, you know, this is the earth. This is how it gets blown off so easily as an urban legend. And they say, well, you know, and, and but they don't know the rest of it. And if you're going to truly be a forensic victimologist or a good profiler, whatever you want to call them, the profile for this activity involves more than just the individual it involves the location where where it's happening it also involves the time at which it's happening and it involves which the fbi looks at the crime scene or whatever you get and that to me was one of the first things that when i when kevin started handing me police reports on some of the cases from new york like adam falcons in upstate new york and I started mapping this stuff up for it because he was just talking about how the evidence is reintroduced, you know. So the kid goes missing and 300 people come down and they go through the downtown area and they find nothing. And then the next morning somebody calls up and says, hey, there's a baseball cap in my backyard. So they go check it out and sure enough, it's the kid's hat. So then they bring back all the searchers and they research the entire downtown area. In fact, the father and I think it was his brother or uncle were on this particular porch in question and talked to the residents of the house. And one of them went under the porch even and they found nothing. And then the next morning that resident, the nun, calls the police department and says, hey, there's a cell phone on my porch right by the door. And so they come and look at it, and sure enough, it's the victim's cell phone. It's almost summer, and the best and most sustainable way to shop for a new season is on TheRealReal.com. TheRealReal is the largest and most trusted source for authenticated luxury resale. It's the only place you'll find brands like Hermes, Cartier, Prada, Dior, Staud, Zimmerman, Jacquemus, and more for up to 90% off retail. 10,000 plus new arrivals land every single day from hundreds of brands you love, all authenticated by a team of in-house experts. Whether it's that perfect wedding guest look, a new summer sandal, an updated beach tote, resort wear for your summer vacation, you're bound to find exactly what you're looking for, plus deals you won't get anywhere else on therealreal.com. Visit therealreal.com and use code FIRST at checkout for 20% off. 
Terms apply. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. So... In a lot of these cases, dogs are also used to track the missing men, and the outcome is often kind of strange. Oh, it's 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 clearly abduction. Uh, I mean, how else can you explain it? Uh, when you bring in tracking dogs and they follow a scent off in one direction, and all of a sudden the young man is found, and I'm not talking like the dogs track him to the edge of a river and then he's found. Three, you know, in that same river three miles down. I'm talking, they're leading north off into the forest and the kid is found in a pond to the south, two miles. I mean, it's that ridiculous. And so how'd he get there? <laughs> he had to have been driven there somehow in a vehicle or already deceased in a body bag because he wasn't leaving a scent going the other direction which means wherever he was at that last scene, that's where he got snatched. Repeatedly, evidence is found in locations, including the body, is recovered in locations that have been repeatedly searched on foot by humans and by dogs. And if you map it out, the evidence usually leads in the opposite or at least in, in a different direction than where the body is supposed to be found. And if you take and you put a dot on the map where the person was last seen and then draw an arrow in the direction that the evidence is leading you, it's usually in a different direction than the young man was supposed to go to get to you know his bed that night, whether it was a hotel or a dorm or whatever. And those are quite often in opposite directions. And then off at 90 degrees or some weird angle is where you'll actually find the body. And that's why it's been so easy for Kevin and I over the last eight years to predict when someone goes missing, where's the body going to be found? Because all we have to do is find out, have they found any evidence yet? Plot the line from last scene to return to location, plot the line from last scene to evidence, and then look for the nearest body of water, and that's where he's going to be, in the other direction. That is the most glaring thing that Years ago, 10 years ago, I saw that and I'm like, this ain't right. You should be finding the body in the direction that the dog's tracking it. You know, that's crazy. So in addition to the evidence in the bizarre outcome of the search dogs and what they find and what directions they go in, we've also observed cases where these men end up in very isolated locations or locations that are difficult to get to. and. Jack, you mentioned this in our Todd Guybe episode where where he was alleged to have been found. The owner of the orchard mm-hmm. said that it would have been a really treacherous kind of trek through. Yeah, and he would have had some kind of marks on him or would have had scratches. injuries or scratches from how all of the plants were kind of laid out where he was going through. Exactly, and apparently this is this happens in many of these cases. So... There's a case around a young student named Jay Polhill. So he was a 20-year-old photography major at Columbia College, which is in Chicago. And he's last seen leaving his dorm room, and I believe it was during the day, To um, and he told his friends that I'm going to go to a party on the other side of Chicago. And it was February 27th, 2010. His body is found 
two days later uh, in the Calumet River. And his death is one of those few that first they said this is an accidental drowning, but then they changed it to homicide. Right. So like Billy said, he was last seen at his dorm. He had a camera around his neck and his laptop bag, but neither of these were ever found. When his body was finally recovered, there was no evidence of drugs or alcohol in his system. And but an autopsy ended up revealing that he died of severe head trauma. There was no sexual assault, but he was only found wearing a T-shirt, which is really weird. That is strange. And the police initially said that Jay had slipped while taking pictures. That was their initial theory off of this bridge that he was apparently, in, according to their theory, were, was standing on and fell into the river. But they scoured CCTV footage, but found no trace of him. They also checked pawn shops for his laptop and camera to no avail. Though they can't even be certain where Pole Hill went into the water. But the detectives said that they believe it's possible that his love for photography brought him to that river to take pictures of its kind of weather-beaten, kind of gritty-looking bridges. But they're kind of plagued by this nagging question. How would Pole Hill, who didn't have a car have gotten to this desolate spot because he was founding tw- he was found 20 miles away 20 miles away from chicago i mean he was in De- columbia college you're in downtown chicago mm-hmm. how do you get that far away With right no means it's, it's really weird and he didn't tell anybody he was going there how did he get there and he's found just with a shirt on and none, of his stuff. N- and there, and none of his stuff is there also this is 2010 it's like we're already deep into the age of Internet. credit cards. Oh, yeah. CCTV. Like the fact that they can't find any trace of no, him they can't find getting him. there. They can't find him taking a a public, public transportation. They can't find him. It's just yeah, there this is been one of the some. cases when you see all of these cases that are that are in the 40 or 50 of the canon that are smiley face. This is one of them that bothers me a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's very suspicious. Now, another thing that comes up. In some of these cases, is this aspect of torture. And, you know, we've talked about how the decomposition could have been off in many of these cases. And it sort of begs the question, if they were missing for 70 days and they had the decomposition of four days, where were they? And if they were being held, I mean, were they being tortured? And this is based on a conversation I just recently had with a mother when she asked me, she goes, I've heard that these young men are drugged, abducted, held for a period of time, and then she inserted, tortured, and then killed, and then dumped in water. Um, the tortured thing, forget it. There's generally, and this is one reason the police have such a hard time with the investigation, there generally, there's no signs of torture. Now, in Dakota James's case, there was signs that he was murdered by ligature strangulation. But as far as torture, you know, like doing something to the fingernails or, or tweaking the skin or using a cigarette to, you know, burn them and stuff. No, there's no evidence of that kind of stuff. So just get that, that thought out of their mind as well. Okay, so Doc just referenced the Dakota James case, which is actually the most recent case associated with this theory. And I'm familiar with this case and it is suspicious. So he's a grad student and he is last seen in surveillance footage walking through the cultural district of Pittsburgh in January of 2017. And his body is found in the Ohio River in March, which is 40 days after he goes missing. Now his case, again, is mysterious because it's believed his body traveled 10 miles from where he was last seen and actually through a dam before it was eventually found. But again, his body showed no visible signs of trauma. And like, if you're going through a dam, if your body is being oh, pummeled through like, a dam, there's just no way that you wouldn't have any visible marks to it yeah so there there are people that are going to dispute this theory that he has no marks on him why why is there it has to be something that's weird and the lacrosse wisconsin police department now lacrosse wisconsin is kind of the epicenter of the smiley face killer theory there they've had a lot of cases so they were in charge of eight of these investigations and if you take a look at lacrosse and the university on the map 
There's a university, and then there's so many places to fall, literally fall in the water. There's a lot of places that you can fall in the water. There's a lot of water there. And it's not just a lake where there's a, um, you know, just, you know, sort of like a circular lake, and then that's it. There's a lot of, like, little inlets, and, you know, that, that you can easily just fall in. Right. And... They're in charge of these eight investigations. They, re- they released an official statement saying that their original conclusions on these deaths, that these are accidental drownings, these are drunk guys, there's no smiley face symbols uh, around them. And again, you know, the smiley face as a, as, a, as a piece of graffiti, it's not only something that people might do, but it's also something that can be kind of interpreted as something might do because it's two dots and a, and a dash really yeah. at, at the end of the day. So uh, when you look at some of these smiley faces that they've propped up as saying this was found um, like some of them, it's like, it's a mile away, a mile away from it. There was like, you know, it's like, come on, I right. could find, I, where, where we're sitting right now, I could find a smiley face within a mile of here. Well, and that's always been my biggest thing about this whole theory where again, it would be one thing if these the graffiti smiley faces were all the same, but the ones that they're pointing to, it's like one has stars for the eyes, one has the eyes are like two like vertical slits. Like they're all different. And again, they are at differing distances from where the body is found. So it's like how like it just it's a reach. It's yeah. a reach. It's a reach. So the there's a there's something called the Center for Homicide Research in Minneapolis that published a paper, uh, or at least a brief, saying that this theory is not, th- there's nothing to this theory. And a criminologist named Pat Brown calls the serial killer theory, quote unquote, ludicrous, saying that the evidence does not fit what is known about serial killers. Again, it's just, she's she's saying the same thing, where it's nothing more than coincidences based on making a guess at where the body was found and then searching until you find a smiley right. face graffiti. And and Pat Brown is very controversial because she doesn't have a ton of, of sort of training. And mm. she's brought up and she's actually, she she's put on these shows as this kind of serial killer uh, person. And a lot of people disparage her. For her to say that this isn't a thing is kind of big because it would be better for her career, quite frankly, if she was to say this was a thing. she's the controversial yeah, one. Yeah, usually. exactly. Well, right, and she's, yeah. she's one that said, you know, if she says, uh, yeah, there's a bunch of people that are killing people, you know, it would, it would be better for her. She would get more TV time or whatever. For her to say that is... For me, that's more of like a, yeah, there's nothing going on here. Right. Nothing going on here is hard to say because it's like we we've already said that many of them are homicides. Yeah. No, so we don't nothing want to, going on in the I'm just smiley saying, we don't face want to con- theory. Not, of course. Not, not we just don't want to confuse them. some of them. Of the forty, some of them are homicides, but they are not related to this smiley face phenomenon or gang or whatever you want to call it. I would it. really like to look at the police documents because honestly, all I've seen of everything is just summaries of each case. And it's basically yeah. through the lens of what someone wants me to per- perceive it to be. Yeah. And honestly, like however you want to, wh- whatever stock you want to put into whether there is a killer, there's not, unless you've seen the evidence yourself, it's really hard to make a determination that you can really feel good about. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, for me, it's like I have to study the documents. I teach people who want to be cops and correctional officers and probation officers. And I'm like, is this a case of individuals who have not been properly trained? You know, a lot of these small departments, they train you to be a police officer. They don't train you to be a homicide investigator. So a lot of them are unskilled, and I didn't know this until just recently, but when they did the John Bonet, they actually had to go get a book because no one in the department had ever investigated a homicide. Now, this type of thing, especially when you find a body in water, the presumption is it's an accidental drowning. It's not a crime scene, it's a body recovery scene. And because it's treated that way, a lot gets overlooked. And so that's what I'm looking at. Do I need to train my students better? Or is it a case where the officers are properly trained and they're just being lazy? Or maybe they're not being lazy. Maybe because of the politics in their community, they're shutting it down. Because like Kevin always said, there's four words that a police captain or chief doesn't want to hear. And that's serial killer and task force. 
because it requires a lot of labor force effort, a lot of materials, and all of that costs money, which most departments don't have nowadays. So the FBI has also reviewed this information about the victims that have been provided by Kevin and Anthony and Doc and Mikey. And they released a statement saying that, quote, they have not developed any evidence to support links between these tragic deaths or any evidence substantiating a theory that these deaths are the work of a serial killer or killers. The vast majority of these instances appear to be alcohol-related drownings. The FBI will continue to work with the local police in the affected areas to provide support as required. So, of course, I asked Mikey, who's one of the detectives on this theory and involved in the show, what his response to these criticisms of them are and and the, their theory and their dispute, their disputing of the theory and what he thought about it. Well, you got to use the, the, the thing. Investigative work is, for lack of a better way, it's a crazy way to make a living. You really got to think outside the box. You really do. I mean, you, you know, it, from, from the beginning of time, from the beginning of police arresting criminals, you know, there's been brilliant policemen and, and investigators, and there've been some brilliant criminals. So you really, you know, you really gotta look at the whole the whole game. You know, it's not just one inning. If that makes sense, that's a good analogy or a bad analogy, but you have to look at everything. And there's information in in, in what people say about you negatively that you can take and use in a positive manner. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. So the opposition is real. So while Kevin and Anthony and many of the online detectives have turned up, you know, a lot of disturbing details... The fact remains that this theory, at the end of the day, has been discredited and widely discredited. Police departments involved, they don't treat these as a serial kill investigation. They don't treat any of these as being linked. The We talked about the Minneapolis uh, Center for Homicide Research that's saying that, no, it's not true. The researchers investigating the case themselves have come up with a list of 18 reasons why they're sure that there's no smiley face killer out there or smiley face gang. And their reasons are based on two ideas, two things that we need to always look at. And we've talked about this on the show, that the victims, the vast majority of the victims, show no evidence of any physical trauma. And the circumstances suggest that these were ac- accidental drowning. So you've got they're, they're all the same type of victims, which is the reason why you, you're, you're pushing it towards a, a pattern. You've got these, you know, white, successful kids that are 20 years old that are in college and they go out drinking. I think for me, the biggest lesson of all this is... In the same way that we have in the the Charlottesville case and like the Morgan case and like the save the next girl phenomenon, you need to have the same thing with guys. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily because there's something nefarious out there. It's just guys drink a lot. And if you're drinking a lot and you're walking home near a, you know, some of these, yes, some of these, I believe a small fraction of them are murders, but a lot of them are people that are just drinking too much walking home and then ending up in a place that they don't want to end up in. Right. 
know, you, ha you have to actually go out there, put boots on the ground. You have to check the environment. We've looked at cases that look like they were accidents and they weren't related to us. We also found cases that were actually homicides, but we didn't see any any uh, markings of our group at the scene, so we had to exclude those. I've been banging my head against the wall for 12 years, and that was the main reason that we went to TV, because we figured we needed to go to the public. We needed to put this whole thing in the court of public opinion and let them see. If they think it's crazy, well, let's, let's hear the police are saying it's crazy. You know, uh, some people are thinking it's crazy. We need to put it out there. If you're saying it's crazy, then show me, the, show me how you can disprove physical forensic evidence that we have and you know top shelf experts that you know came on from the fbi from uh you know bobby chicone and uh cyril dr cyril work one of the leading forensic pathologists in the country if uh if not the world did the kennedy assassination did the martin luther king assassination just did the whitey bulger case i mean this is these are people that are the best in their field and and they support us so if they support us then maybe you know, we're not here to disparage the police, but maybe the police and the FBI need to take a second look at this. Believe me, it's going to happen because when all the material comes out of who's doing it and why, and we show that, I don't think law enforcement's going to have any choice. So I asked the guys why they think police and, I guess, society are so resistant to accept this as a theory. Um, but I think some of the resistance that we are meeting from the police departments is they don't want to even see it. You know, here's a homicide. This is why it's a homicide. They'll go right to, oh, these are the smiley face detectives. We don't want to alarm our citizens. We don't want to let anybody think that there's a serial killer in our midst. So to me, that's the problem, whereby they should just look at what we bring them we're certainly not looking to, to beat up the police. I mean, this is our whole lives are working with police departments, you know, what we've done and investigate. We're just bringing information forward why that particular case we're looking at should be investigated as a homicide. And then afterwards, could it be related? Maybe yes, maybe no. But this is why you need to investigate it as a homicide. So as we've referenced in this episode previously, um, Dakota James in 2017 was the last victim, the last death that they attribute to this theory. So I asked them, you know, did they stop then? Does this mean they just stopped? No. No. Because of the show, we're getting a lot of information coming in on emails about other kids missing we have a couple of kids missing in the last two months now are they tied to us i don't know but it just continues to this day and you know these are other cases that we really need to look at well let me just tell you that i'm more skeptical than most to tell you the truth and i really don't believe things on face value you know you have to show me and i have to see it and that's what kept happening with these cases it would happen over and over again. And um, that was the main thing until I started coming around to seeing the coincidences. You know, I'm not a fan of coincidences and I don't believe in them. You know, just breaking it down to, you know, brass tacks and face value. This is happening and it's happening to this day. So whether or not there are there is a serial killer or are serial killers out there attacking these young men, there are some things that we should consider. From a public service standpoint, the main thing everybody should know, certainly college students when they're at the high risk behavior or out drinking, is to you know make sure they have a, a buddy system and that they watch their drinks at all times because it's very, very simple for somebody to, for lack of a better word, spike their drinks with a couple of clear drops of fluid. And uh, time and time again, they get separated from their friends and, and that's the end of it. But they really need to pay attention to what's going on out there. I believe that men don't believe that they're vulnerable and they think that, well, who's gonna spike my drink? You know, I'm not a woman. So, 
this brings us kind of to the end. So what we want to do now is kind of deconstruct what we've learned on both sides. But one of my biggest questions, and this is just one that's organically coming to me, is if there is a serial killer out there, I want to know, from what I know, the serial killers that have targeted men, there's always been a sexual component. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I want to know, I mean, off the top of your head, Billy, and this is like an off-the-cuff question, so I'm not sure if we'll know, and maybe, maybe there is, maybe it does exist, but like, Serial killer of men, no sex, yeah. sexual component. Does it exist? You know, uh, it does, but it usually exists with shooters. Uh, yeah, right. like mafia, snipers. like hitmen. No, no, no. Not only that, well, hitman, but also snipers. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, Phoenix sniper, um, uh, Long Island sniper. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you so, see that, but but anything that doesn't have that that gun component, it's it's strange. I can't really think of any on the top off the top of my head. So you've got. Yeah, you've got, you know, Dahmer, you've got uh, Gacy. Those were two that obviously were after sex. I mean, Dahmer wanted to create a, a zombie out of these these mm-hmm. these kids that he was killing for sex. What about the one with the brothers? He would have kept going. Um, Near, the Near brothers. I don't remember that one. Yes, you do. Done. We've talked about it before, and it was a really f- screwed up situation. He wanted to be hung because mm-hmm. he hung one of them. Oh, yes, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, I can't remember. His yeah. name escaping me. But, like, it, there's always a sexual component with these. No, there's spe- always, yeah. And the only thing that I can think of when there wasn't, I mean, and there's there's some that are, uh, there are definitely, there are some that are out there. I'm sure our, our listeners, I hope they actually write in and say, say you remember some of them, but I'm I'm thinking snipers, you know, when you think of John Lee Malvo and those, you know, those guys and the DC sniper and then the, you know, but w- when it comes to this kind of crime that is so up close where An you intimate. actually would have to submerge somebody in water or, 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 you know, we really are not even seeing any signs of trauma. Mm-hmm. And this is the, one of the, it's, it's one of the, the hard things that you get when you do true crime, when you see something like this, and it does seem like there's a pattern, but then you're out there, you're chasing ghosts. Regardless, at this point, of these investigations and these cases, regardless of who's doing them, we've proven homicide, which means these cases have to be investigated, and everything will fall into place after that. But nothing goes forward until these cases are reopened. So we could talk about, uh, you know, serial killers and how they're doing it and who they're targeting. For argument's sake, these six cases that we've just done and put a lot of time and effort into, and which we did, need to be reclassified and reinvestigated. And that's the only way it starts. We're on the same team here. We all want justice. I think just the main thing for people to know would be just be aware, be aware of your surroundings. Um, and sometimes people hear about cases and the podcast might reawaken them like, oh, wow. You know, I do recall hearing about such and such last year. I wonder if that might be one of them. So based on podcasts and our show and you know other uh, interviews, we're getting a lot of new information of potential victims. I mean, this is something that's been going on for a while, and it continues to this day. So, you know, my main thing would be, I don't want to see anybody else, you know, fall victim to this. So, for me, it's the awareness. I made a promise um, involved. We know these cases are connected, so we're not going to stop, or I'm definitely not going to stop, until I bring some justice, you know, to the victims and to their families. Any of us could have been in this situation where we drank too much and we walked home and and something bad happened. Right. Well, it's like, yeah, we're trying to find an explanation to something that just could have been a mistake. Yeah. Or like, a I really mean, really unfortunate circumstance. Or it's like you're seeing some of these and there are some nefarious characteristics in some of them. And then you reach to explain a I mark on them. a body that was actually a result of an accident. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's really hard because it's like a lot of this criminology and a lot of this postmortem sort of analysis of what's happened is through the lens of perspective and everything's sort of done through the lens of bias, whether we want it to want that to be true or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because these are these are 
bubbling up to us because there is a theory to it. And I think that there there should because there are definitely some here that are hinky that are that need to be looked at more. Yeah. And when police departments do see something that is like this, um, I, you know, you'd never want them if, if this was your loved one, you never want them to just say this is an accident. You want them to keep going. Yeah. But at the end of the day, a lot of these are just accidents and it's tragic and it's, it's wrong, but it's just, it's just, it is what it is. And I think at the end of the day though, like all the work that these four men are doing and like trying to bring these cases to light, like if they can solve one, one. yep, one, it's worth it. I, then I, it's I, can, worth it. I completely agree. If they're out there trying to say that the smiley face thing is, and they can just get one case that solved, solved yeah. and, and bring justice to the family, then it's all worth it. Absolutely. And I completely agree with that. Well, like uh, Mikey said earlier, you know, they didn't name it the smiley face. Like, that's something the media ran with. I think it started out, it's this very altruistic mission for them. Yeah. Where it was like, I noticed this pattern. I mean, this started for Kevin Gannon in 97 with the Pat McNeil case. And this bond he formed with the family to say, you know, I promise when I retire, I will I'm look into this it, yeah. because it looked suspicious. And I think their their intentions are so pure. And when you see enough shitty stuff in the world, it actually wouldn't surprise me if we ended up being like, fuck, there is a serial killer yeah. because it wouldn't because everything that I've seen in this job is beyond belief. So that's the thing. Yes. Uh, does it go with what serial killers do? No. no. But we've been proven as far as profiling over and over, they believe serial killers can't stop. Can they? Absolutely. Yeah. We've been they've been proven wrong time and time again. Yeah. So, so it's like you never know. I um am open to anything, truthfully. Because Well, yeah, and it's like you just have to like, yeah, it is an altruistic thing. These guys are just trying to make right in the world and Give some family is some kind of and honestly, anything's possible. Not only that, science is all yeah. theory. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean my, so, my, my, you know. my my thing is is that as long as it, it's good to put a spotlight on any of these crimes uh, to give more investigation to, as long as they don't necessarily take spotlight away and take resources away from another one that very yeah. well might have been a might have been a homicide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where it, I. That's where I always you go to it because like a dead horse, yeah. yes, and because I know that there's two hundred twenty thousand unsolved murders since nineteen eighty, and we need to be focusing on all of them. And if we're running after ones that are potentially accidents, we need to look at them, but we need to look at all those other ones as well. Right, right. Well, they are doing good work. It's um, noble work, and you know we appreciate it, and I'm sure the mothers of the victims appreciate it. Or you know, all these deaths need to be looked at, whether it's to just conclusively put them away as accidental deaths, move these out, some of them out of the category of accidental death into murder. They're doing some good work. So I really appreciate them coming on. Yeah. And, um, you know, this is a two-parter. It's a really complicated, complex theory. So if you guys have anything to add, feel free. Forgive us if we're missing something. We I mean, yeah, there's a ton that we're leaving there's out. There's so for much. Sure. Uh, but, you know, three-parter, we didn't need feel like we should go too deep because there's a lot we don't know yeah right and if you guys want to dive deeper into it look, watch the oxygen show with all of these men yes. on it as well and we do thank them so much for talking to us and we hope that like this can be like a little push forward for people you know learning about the case and if anybody knows anything to come forward and uh, I, I, mean, I mean listen i will say this i kind of got my start in all of this by studying the Kennedy assassination. Mm -hmm. And I thought there was a second gunman. And I researched it. And I went through the, the single bullet theory and the blood spatter and the grassy knoll and all that. At the end of the day, there wasn't. There's really just one shooter. And it was Lee Harvey Oswald. But I trained myself and I turned myself into this. And I've been able to solve 10 murders because of it. Right. So anything like, is... Yeah, you never playing devil's advocate, it. it's like a gift and a curse. Because it right. irritates a lot of people. Um, in, my, in my everyday life, I do it. And people are like, what are you fucking with me? Like, why are you saying, but what about this? And yeah. It can really piss people off, but it's what we do. Somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to do it. All right. Well, that concludes our, it was, it was kind of a three-parter, smiley face. Well, Todd was its own animal, Todd. but yes, that was our segue in. 
Um, so yeah, if you guys are one degree away from a murder or other stranger than fiction story, please write us on Instagram at the first degree at Alexis Linkletter at Billy Jensen at Jack Fanick or our website, the first degree podcast.com. There's a submissions form there. Um, also please give us a nice review on iTunes. And- Not Alexis Linkletter <laughs> must be stopped. Wow. That, that's a review. <laughs> the title of the review is that. <laughs> And so if you Google me, what that's the actual <laughs> review. Something about my breathing, but they must be listening to an old episode because our my breathing is under control. It was our equipment, not me. I just breathe Alexis like a normal has been person. Taking <laughs> some extra Xanax. Alexis Lingler must be stopped. I mean, it kind of like just bolsters my ego. Yeah, I, kind of... I mean, that means you're like a villain. Yeah. I'm just saying, kind of awesome. I'm saying haters means you're doing a good job. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty great. So more like really vilifying yeah. Lexus. But and also, also yeah. nice. Reviews. No, I'm that's so going nice. to be when the merch store finally gets up. I think that's a t-shirt. Alexis <laughs> Linkletter must be stopped. <laughs> it's so, <laughs> excuse me, good. Can't um, stop, won't stop though. That is a uh, title of a uh, Maine's record. Jared? Record or song? First, First record, record from a band called The Main. Um, He's sitting right here. The, the, the Main himself. <laughs> the Main Main. The Main Main. Okay. I feel like that's it. So uh, keep your friends close, but not that close, bitches. Bye. Happy, happy day. What happy is it? Happy alien. Happy international day. happiness day. Happy international happiness Dumb. day. Can't stop. <laughs> you can start your day off right. When you find a professional on Angie to get your plumbing right first. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that.